and welcome to Tour of Truth. This is Krista Smith. A person can speak many words in a minute and several thousand in an hour, and I want to talk with you about the words that we speak. You can imagine how many words an average person speaks in a day. Some people estimate that women speak twice as many words as men in a day, which I guess is no surprise. But the tongue has a powerful influence on those around us. But God is looking for a holy life. And one of the key areas that we need to guard with all diligence is our tongue. For every idle word, there'll be a time of accounting in the day of judgment. We would expect that Jesus would condemn you know, profane words, cussing, you know, things like that, the vile uses of the tongue, but idle words? Idle words are things that we say carelessly, without any concern for the impact that we might have on other people. We might quickly assume that those sort of sins, the sins of the tongue, are minor sins and that God will overlook them. But there's a prayer in Psalm 141, verse 3, and it says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Why pray a prayer like that if words aren't important? Well, words are important to God, and he takes every idle word we speak into account. Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they'll give an account for in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Now, not only will we be justified or condemned by the words we've spoken on the day of judgment, but also our words are going to be judged every day. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says that he accuses the brethren day and night. Of course, Jesus is our defender, and he stands to say not guilty. We're covered by the blood of the Lamb when we've repented of our sin. But Satan is an oppressor, and negative speaking will open the door to the enemy working in your life. In other words, Satan is seeking whom he may devour, and he's listening for those negative-speaking people so he can give them what they ask. So ask God to help you guard your words so you'll be justified and not condemned. And what I mean by that, it comes from Romans 3, verse 4, and it says, Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. So the word judge here means tried or tempted. It's not God who tempts us. We don't overcome God. So the one that judges that we're talking about here is our enemy, the devil. And one of the meanings of justified is to be set free. In other words, we're set free with the words we speak if they're in agreement with the word of God. So speaking God's word in faith is always going to bring you the victory over every trial that you have as long as you endure to the end and you overcome that trial. And the thing about that is God tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And he also promises us that he will sustain the righteous. He will. You know, his words are true. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. Whatever is in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. Let's look at Matthew 12, 34 to 37. It says, O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Good things as well as bad things come into being because of the words we speak. So if your confession is negative, like, well, I just can't seem to overcome this temptation in this one area of my life. That negative confession is what you truly believe in your heart. And that's going to produce what you confess. So you need to change the way you confess 
what it is that you believe. Like if you believe God's word is true, it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like. And it's not a lie for you to profess what God's word says over your life, even though you don't see it right now. So instead of saying that this temptation is overcoming you, Rather, use the word of God and say, you know, the Lord says that all things are possible to those that believe, you know, and so I know this is what I'm facing, but I know God's word is true. And so he will deliver me and I'm standing upon the rock. You change your confession. And so then if you find yourself confessing things you don't want in your life and you change it to something positive that you know God's will is for your life, then we're going to see a different result. And we all know that God's will is not for us to sin. So we don't want to be choosing to confess things uh, that are going to overcome us and bring us into certain sin. Change your confession. You know, all things are possible to those that believe. Matthew 15, verses 17 and 18 says, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. These particular words that defile a person, they're referring to the bad or evil treasures in a person's heart. They come out as negative or perverse speech because they defile that person. But it's equally true that good words or positive confessions that agree with God's word will bless the person who deposits good treasures in their heart when they speak forth positive words. So all through the entire Bible, we're given very explicit and detailed instructions about speaking right words. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 24, it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, talking about God's word, are life unto those who find them, and health, talking about medicine, to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. Put away from you a forward mouth and perverse lips, put far from you. The word issue here means source. It means to be born or spring forth. Ultimately, it means progeny, which is to give birth to. In other words, out of our heart is out of our spirit. It's the source of giving birth or life to things. So whatever's in our heart will eventually come out of our mouths in the form of words. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's vital to remember that Jesus said that the good treasure of our heart will bring forth good things, and the evil treasure in our heart will bring forth evil things. So in other words, whatever's in our heart, that which we believe, is what we will speak out of our mouth and will bring it into existence, whether it's good or whether it's evil. God's word says that his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If we're not sober, watching closely what we say, I use that word sober because the Bible says to be diligent, to be sober, because we have an adversary that roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so if we're not sober and watching what we say, we'll give place to the devil and we'll speak negative words that are contrary or in opposition to God's word. And then the enemy will be able to overcome us because we opened the door and the enemy will devour you, but it's your choice. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen says it this way. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you, and it's talking about a spiritual law here, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. So God has considered all of mankind to be under sin. And so we're guilty of death because all men of of the age of accountability, we've all sinned. It says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned at one time or another in our life. So every single person must choose life if they want to be saved and receive eternal life. So again, it's your choice. It's God's will and desire for you to choose life and blessing, but ultimately it is your choice. 
So every single person must choose life by believing on Jesus Christ being the Son of the living God. And it's not just belief, because the Bible tells us that the demons in hell, they believe, and they tremble, actually, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and we don't often even fear the Lord, but apparently the demons do, and they tremble. So, you know, it starts there, that we have to repent, we have to recognize that God is holy, and we've broken his law. And so it draws us to repentance because we understand that we are separated from a holy God. And the only way that we are bridged into this relationship with the Father is through the Son. The Bible says no man comes to the Father except through the Son. So we have to allow Jesus Christ to not only be our Savior, I think most people want to be saved, but the reality is not everyone wants a Lord. We have to submit to Jesus as Lord. That means that He is going to be supreme. He's going to be the master over us. He's going to be on the throne of our life. That means we have to come off of the throne. But by choosing this relationship with the Lord, He cleanses us of all of our past sins. We, When we repent and we truly ask the Lord to be the Lord over our lives, we are righteous before the Lord. He has forgotten our sins. It says, as far as the east is from the west. And there's nothing we have to do. We don't have to go cleaning our act up before we come to God. He accepts us right where we are, but he doesn't expect for us to stay that way. He does expect us to get into the word and to grow. Our body needs spiritual food, just like our physical body needs physical food. We've got to feed our spirit. Otherwise, we won't grow. And we won't understand this relationship with God, and we won't be transformed, because that's what happens when we get into the Word. It does become alive and active in our life, but part of that is the application of it. The Bible tells us not to be just a hearer of the Word, deceiving ourselves, but to be a doer of the Word. So you might know in your mind to speak right things and positive words that agree with God's Word, but if that's all that we're doing, then it's just a head knowledge. And it's not going to do any good until we get this head knowledge down into our heart by meditating on the promises of God day and night, not letting them depart from our eyes. So you may know in your head that God's word says that he'll not allow you to be tempted above whatever that you're able to bear or overcome. But if this word of truth isn't believed in your heart, then you'll not boldly confess the truth out of your mouth. So remember that speaking words, good or bad, is a spiritual law, just like gravity is a physical law. Every law that is established by God is designed to work toward our good if we obey them, but they can also work against us if we don't abide by them. So if you throw a rock in the air, it's going to respond to the law of gravity and it's going to come back down. So you'd better be watching and prepared to get out of the way. But likewise, if you throw words out that you believe in your heart, then they're also going to respond to God's law of blessing and cursing, the law that's given to us in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. So we need to watch closely how we throw our words around and guard our lips against speaking negative words. Jesus says that every idle word we're going to give an account of, but Psalm 107.2 says, For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. There's a place under God's protection that Satan can't touch a believer, but it's our job to keep ourselves in this area of protection. We do have to continue believing this word. You know, Jesus said that we must abide in him, that he is the vine and we are the branches, and that apart from him we can do nothing. But 1 John 5.18 tells us, But he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and the wicked one touches him not. One of the principal things that keeps us under God's protection is speaking right words. 
part of that comes through the transformation that happens to us through meditating upon God's word. His word begins to transform the way we think. And this is not the only thing, but it's a vital and major principle that we need to put into action to bring about the full protection that God provides for us. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. How much plainer can the word of God be than that? If we keep our mouth from speaking perverseness, then our tongue, by speaking only right words, will keep our souls from trouble. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word, Lord, and I thank you that you bring it to us, Father, for correction. You bring it to us for instruction. You bring it to us to lead us in paths of righteousness and that you plant these seeds in our heart, Father, so that we can grow. I pray, Father, that you will minister to each heart that's listening right now and that you would do a mighty work by the power of your spirit. You are so good and so faithful, and I just give you all the praise and glory for all that you will do. And pray, Father, for just a bountiful harvest in the souls of those listening, Lord, and just pray, Father, that you would begin to water the seeds that are planted and that you would cause them to grow. For it is in your name we pray. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we exalt your name forever. Just lift it on high, Father. I pray that you are magnified this day, and we just give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to hear this podcast again, or if you'd like to hear another one, you can find us at tourofTruth.com, and I'll look forward to chatting with you again soon. Have a blessed day.